Chapter 77 of the Ontario Reader's Third Book by the Ontario Ministry of Education. Read for LibriVox.org by David Lawrence in Brampton, Ontario, March 2009. The Relief of Lucknow. A Letter from an Officer's Wife. On every side, death stared us in the face. No human skill could avert it any longer. We saw the moment approach when we must bid farewell to earth. Yet without feeling that unutterable horror which must have been experienced by the unhappy victims at Kanpur, we were resolved rather to die than yield, and were fully persuaded that in twenty-four hours all would be over. The engineer had said so, and all knew the worst. We women strove to encourage each other, and to perform the light duties which had been assigned to us, such as conveying orders to the batteries, and supplying the men with provisions, especially cups of coffee, which we prepared day and night. I had gone out to try to make myself useful in company with Jesse Brown, the wife of a corporal in my husband's regiment. Poor Jesse had been in a state of restless excitement all through the siege, and had fallen away visibly within the last few days. A constant fever consumed her, and her mind wandered occasionally, especially that day when the recollections of home seemed powerfully present to her. At last, overcome with fatigue, she lay down on the ground, wrapped up in her plaid. I sat beside her, promising to awaken her when, as she said, her father should return from the ploughing. She fell at length into a profound slumber, motionless and apparently breathless, her head resting in my lap. I myself could no longer resist the inclination to sleep, in spite of the continual roar of the cannon. Suddenly I was aroused by a wild, unearthly scream close to my ear. My companion stood upright beside me, her arms raised, and her head bent forward in the attitude of listening. A look of intense delight broke over her countenance. She grasped my hand, drew me toward her, and exclaimed, Didn't ye hear it? Didn't ye hear it? I, I'm not dreaming. It's the slogan of the Highlanders. We're saved! We're saved! Then, flinging herself on her knees, she thanked God with passionate fervor. I felt utterly bewildered. My English ears heard only the roar of artillery, and I thought my poor Jessie was still raving. But she darted to the batteries, and I heard her cry incessantly to the men, Courage! Courage! Hark to the slogan! To the MacGregor, the grandest of them all! Here's help at last! To describe the effect of these words on the soldiers would be impossible. For a moment they ceased firing, and every soul listened with intense anxiety. Gradually, however, there arose a murmur of bitter disappointment, and the wailing of the women, who had flocked to the spot, burst out anew as the colonel shook his head. Our dull, lowland ears heard only the rattle of the musketry. A few moments more of this death-like suspense, of this agonizing hope, and Jessie, who had again sunk on the ground, sprang to her feet and cried in a voice so clear and piercing that it was heard along the whole line. We didn't no believe it, no. The slogan has ceased indeed, but the Campbells are coming. Do you hear? Do you hear? At that moment all seemed indeed to hear the voice of God in the distance, when the pibroch of the Highlanders brought us tidings of deliverance, for now there was no longer any doubt of the fact. That shrill, penetrating, ceaseless sound, which rose above all other sounds, could come neither from the advance of the enemy nor from the work of the sappers. No, it was indeed the blast of the Scottish bagpipes, now shrill and harsh, 
as threatening vengeance on the foe, then in softer tones, seeming to promise succor to their friends in need. Never, surely, was there such a scene as that which followed. Not a heart in the residency of Lochnow but bowed itself before God. All, by one simultaneous impulse, fell upon their knees, and nothing was heard but bursting sobs and the murmured voice of prayer. Then all arose, and there rang out from a thousand lips a great shout of joy, which resounded far and wide, and lent new vigor to that blessed Pibroch. To our cheer of God save the Queen, they replied by that well-known strain that moves every Scot to tears, should old acquaintance be forgot. After that, nothing else made any impression on me. I scarcely remember what followed. Jesse was presented to the general on his entrance into the fort, and at the officer's banquet her health was drunk by all present, while the pipers marched around the table, playing once more the familiar air of Old Lang Syne. End of chapter 77. This recording is in the public domain.